So I've been playing this video game lately called Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. And I've heard I know of it. You, yeah, I know you, you told me you were looking at it. But yeah, because um, I've played the first two. Oh, really? Because I haven't played the first two. I've only played the third one. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually got I think I have the second one on my phone, actually. Oh, interesting. Well, for those of those people listening who don't know, it's just Dungeons and Dragons in a video game. Like they it's Dungeons and Dragons rules, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, specifically fifth edition lore stats. It It is like not financed, but like licensed by Wizards of the Coast, the people who make D&D. Yeah. And I mean, it is a great game. I, I love it because of just how much detail is in this game. Like what race you choose or what class you choose will change the dialogue options that you have throughout the game. Right. And I've heard that like it's um, like other, there have been other games that have kind of been uh, like in this like Dungeons and Dragons esque realm. Like yeah. Neverwinter Nights. Um, sure. The, the Knights of the Old Republic uh, RPGs. But this one really is like it, it from what I've heard, it really does give you the freedom to actually play it like you would oh dude like you the can tabletop do anything D. i straight up beat a boss by knocking him off the platform into the like into the outer space nothingness so it's super smash bros it can be okay <laughs> but like one of the things that i really appreciate about it is just they've they've also thought of all these like little funny quirky things that you mm-hmm. didn't think, like you said, like that people who are actually playing D and D would think of, but that other people um, who are just video game players might not. So for example, and I haven't gotten this far, but I've seen several videos of it. When you get to the actual town, Baldur's gate, there's a mm-hmm. point where you're like doing a street game with a genie. And the genie is obviously cheating you. Yeah. And you have an option to distract him and it doesn't tell you what that distraction is but you have an opportunity okay. to distract him. And if you take that opportunity, you basically just let out this loud, stinky fart that distracts Aww. the genie so much. He's like, oh my gosh, what did you eat? Are you dead inside? And then you win the game. And then he's like, what? No, you cheated. And then he legitimately turns you into a wheel of cheese. Mm. And for however much time you are rolling around as an actual wheel of cheese, your character moves and rolls around the map and you have an action you can do that releases a stench, like a cheese cloud smell. (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) Which may not be a selling point of the game to a lot of people. Yeah. And I get that. Not what I would have led with. Anyway, welcome to our extremely highbrow <laughs> podcast, uh, Agreeable Disagreements. Um, it is apparently just a, a vehicle for fart jokes now. Yeah. Uh, no, it's wow, a, you, it's really, a... you really ripped me a new one there. <laughs> uh, anyway, <sighs> moving on. Well, I, uh, know, I a... think that's fitting, considering <laughs> like what... I know, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm saying I think that that intro, <laughs> that lowbrow intro is fitting, given our topic for the week. Sure, yeah, uh, which we'll get into in a second after I finish the intro. Oh, yeah, yeah, you gotta do uh, that. <laughs> uh, this is Agreeable Disagreements. We are a podcast where two friends uh, with differing political ideologies 
pick a topic from the week's politics and uh, debate it. Um, and this week we are, uh, this is going to be a surprise to no one. Um, we're talking about the Republican uh, primary debates as well oh. as um, Trump's uh did they? I, I think they called it a town hall, but it really wasn't a town hall. I'll look at what they called it. But his uh, his interview with uh, the disgraced former Fox News uh, employee Tucker Carlson. Ugh, I do not like. Okay, I, I said this to you before we started recording. Like, I I agree with both of them on some things as far as their stances go, mm-hmm. but there is nothing that i can see or list off that as a person makes me like either one of those individuals yeah i i just i don't i don't like tucker carlson i don't like his voice i don't like the cadence at which he speaks i don't like the little look in his face i just it it's smarmy it's it's like if you look up smarmy in the dictionary <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Tuck- Tucker Carlson. Oh, man. Yeah, I just... I can't... I could not bring myself to watch it. I don't blame you. I I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have either um, if I didn't need to for this podcast. And I, I figured that you probably wouldn't. Um, and that you would, you would probably have more to say, uh, uh, yeah, at least more intellectual things yeah. to say about the, the Republican debate. Um, so I decided that I would kind of sure. focus more on the, the town hall because both of them, uh, both the debate and the town hall are just, uh, utter garbage in my eyes. Well, I appreciate your sacrifice on my behalf. Thank you. It was it was a harrowing journey, but I'm happy to uh, to do it for our fans. <laughs> Except Derek. Except Come Derek, on, man. Yeah. Freaking Derek. Every time, dude. I have a couple former students named Derek, and so I really hope that there's like not an off chance that Derek is listening to this. <laughs> yeah. And if that's the case, Derek, I hope you're doing your homework for your current teacher. We both know you didn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just put him on blast. He knows. We talked about it frequently. And that's Derek <laughs> Iverson with an I. Yeah. As I'm just casually picking some gunk out of my eye on camera. Mm. Gosh. Man, you're really, I, uh, you're really classing it up this episode. I am. You, you know, you hang around enough 12-year-olds and you start acting like one. You know, that's fair. Oh, man. Speaking um, of which, oh my gosh, I yeah, blew their <laughs> I I I blew their minds today. We were talking about like ancient Greek philosophy. And so I covered Plato's theory of forms. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where it's like, so his argument is that you have an idea of something, which is one thing, but then you have the real thing, which is many things, right? So like you think of mm-hmm. a pencil, the pencil is actually one thing in your head but in reality it's a mixture of paint wood glue graphite rubber metal and so which one of those is the real pencil the idea of it or the physical one okay right because i mean i think the physical one 
But the physical one isn't actually one thing. It's many things. And one cannot be many things. The number one, yes, cannot, can. the number one cannot be equal to the number three. No, but the, the, uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, or, or sorry, it can be the sum of all its parts. You're absolutely correct. And I do so agree three with you. Distinct thing from one, even though it's made up of three distinct ones. Right. And that, that is what we would argue against Plato today. But his argument was you have that sum of things is the idea that exists in your head. And so okay. what I do is I say, so then if you can imagine a pencil, you can imagine your favorite food, your home, whatever. Does that mean that it's real in your head? Just like it's real in real life. And you know, most of the students are like, yeah, okay. All right. And then I ask them, so where does reality end and your imagination begin? Where is that line between imagination and reality? Oh, I think we already, uh, <clears throat> we may have already discussed this. Maybe we I, did. I think I Maybe came down to the conclusion that the physical thing that's real or, or, or I, I think where reality and imagination end is when your imagination starts to uh, contradict reality. But then what is reality? And we could go into that. We're not going to. We're oh, I've got, to. I've got a, a whole terms worth of papers on Descartes' meditations <laughs> that I could go into uh, right now. But well, don't put Descartes before the horse, anyway. Uh... <laughs> All right. So, but speaking of twelve-year-olds losing their minds, let's do talk about the Republican debate. Yes, and I do want to refresh ourselves. Let our listeners remember: I am not a Republican, but I am. You could argue conservative leaning you're the resident republican representative like i would for, for the the purposes of the show only. yeah i have voted republican i have voted democrat i have voted libertarian and mm -hmm. i don't think either any of those three really lines up with what i would call myself i don't have a label aside from just centrist ish mm -hmm. because like I look at libertarians and I'm like, yeah, but also like government does serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't just burn your trash in the backyard. Right. And like, then I look not, at, yeah, that's, that's not, not cool, cool, man. And then I look at Republicans and Democrats and be like, but you guys don't get the purpose of government. So <laughs> mm. I think they both overreach, but that's another, again, another topic for another, we can, we can talk all about that. Yeah. Want, before we get distracted, I'm not going to let us get distracted from this Republican debate. So I just wanted to remind people, like, I have voted for all three <laughs> major political parties in recent years, right? This last year, I voted for Democrats locally, Republicans locally, not this last year, this last election cycle, and mm -hmm. uh, Libertarians for president. So, like, I, I try and vote by person as much as I can, because there are a lot of Republicans who I agree with. There's a lot of Democrats I agree with. There's a lot of libertarians I agree with, but I wouldn't say that I agree with any one party. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas I mean, I, I would say the same yeah. for me, but it, it just so happens that the people that I agree with have been exclusively Democrats. Okay. But you are a registered Democrat, are you not? Yes. See, I am not. Yeah. Well, I, I think I would be a registered Democrat, 
either way. But even if you're, okay. even if say, you know, I did uh, want, like if I did support some like lip uh, or not libertarian, but Republican candidates, I still would probably register, you know, Democrat rather than independent because in Oregon, I, uh, at least I think it's still the case. Um, you have to register for the party uh, if you want to vote in their vote primary. primaries. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so but, I think when I lived in Oregon, I, I registered as a libertarian. Democrat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then when I was in Hawaii, I didn't have to register as anything independently. Yeah. And so I could vote. And I think in Alabama it was the same because I've, I voted for in a democratic primary in Alabama. Uh-huh. And then I don't remember what it is up here. I don't, I'm not registered for a political party, so I don't know if I get to vote in primaries or not. I guess I should look that up. Mm. Do I get to vote? I'll do this later. I'll look that up later. And I don't think you have to serve jury duty. I do have to serve jury duty. Cause I just did like, Four months oh, ago. <laughs> okay. I saw something on, uh, somebody was, um, posting on the local, like things going on around Springfield Facebook group, uh, asking how to unregister. Yeah. How to unregister for voting. And it was like, just like, just don't vote. Like it's not unregistering is not going to stick it to the man. Like if you really feel that strongly, don't vote. Which uh, is the only time you'll ever hear me say that because voting is the uh, very basic price that we all pay uh, to live in a democracy and it's everyone's civic duty and you should definitely vote every chance you get. I agree. And there are no excuses. Speaking of which, I did look it up anyway because it was going to bug me. Indiana actually doesn't have you register it with a political party. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you can – it's not part of your voting registration record. So Mm. you just – Give them your contact information and your ID, and that's it. To register, you're done. Hmm. Boom. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I if I think that Oregon system is the best. It just uh, it happens to work for me because I'm I'm you know again very much a, a party line Democrat. Not not because I'm just voting down party lines. But that's where I yeah. I tend to, you know, lie regardless. I mean, I don't see a problem with that system because what if you have a bunch of Republicans who just want to screw over the Democratic Party and just go mm-hmm. vote for the most conservative possible Democrat they could or the most outrageous one just to make them have a bad name? Like, I see the reasons behind having a Democratic yeah. primary and a Republicans only primary, you know, stratified system. I, I, I don't think there's a problem with that. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Um, but we are getting off topic. We are. And we said we wouldn't. Back to the debate. Yeah. So I put up a Facebook post shortly after the debate ended on the mm-hmm. 23rd, five days ago. And I got to say, Nikki Haley stuck out the most to me because I think she was the most down to earth out of everybody on the stage. Um, I can see that. I, I don't know if, if I agree. I personally think that Chris Christie is the most, was the most down to earth. Uh, but that's also, I, I'm also of the opinion that none of them were just in general, but if I had to pick one, it, I think it would have been Chris Christie. I don't know because Christie still has some of these stances that he 
wants to say that he could do. Like, um, he still yeah. has some of these stratified political stances on like pro-life, pro-choice kind of thing, kind of things. Whereas Nikki mm-hmm. Haley is like, we're not going to get a federal abortion ban because you have to get 60 senators to agree to that. And that's just not going to happen in the Senate under any circumstances. Right. Yeah. I think so. Maybe not down to earth. I guess pragmatic is yeah. the better word, better word choice. Oh. Um, but she stuck out to me as fairly pragmatic, just with a lot of her stances, which sadly means she probably won't get elected. Oh, God, no. <laughs> How dare uh, we elect someone who thinks logically? Yeah, that's not the Republicans' <laughs> brand. That's uh, not, I think. Oh, okay. Let's just not stick that to just the Republicans. Okay, right? Democrats think money grows on trees. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. They think that you need to have taxes in order to spend money. Oh, really? Okay. Because then we could look at which presidents have increased the deficit the most. That okay, that's not what I'm saying, <laughs> but uh, th- we're getting off topic, yeah, again. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think, I think the majority of Haley's talking points may have happened. Um, I had, I had trouble uh, finding the the live stream of the debate, so right, I didn't I'm not paying see for it. Fox News, yeah, oh god, no, <laughs> um, so I didn't see like maybe the first 15 minutes of it. Uh, yeah. and then after that, I didn't, I didn't really see her talk too much. I did. Um, I know that I, I initially liked, uh, her, I think she made a, a good case for why we should be, um, supporting Ukraine. I and agree. then, and then immediately after that, like I said, you attacks being like, oh, that was a good point. And then immediately after she's like, and Israel. And I was like, eh, maybe we should slow down on the, uh, <laughs> you know, propping up a oppressive government that is uh, systematically um, committing war crimes against a, yeah. a native population that, you know, maybe that uh, the money should be contingent on them not doing that. But, you know, what do I know? Which, you know, I think if we're going to do that, if we're going to do that to Israel, we should do it to China, too. I mean, the ongoing mm. Uyghur genocide is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every time we get to, like, modern history in my class and I mention that that's something ongoing, my students are yeah. like, oh, what? Anyway. Yeah, I, I liked her a lot. I think she held herself very well. Like, mm-hmm. she got involved in a little bit of the back and forth, but didn't do it in a way that was, like, rude or obnoxious. Like, she still got in. She still got involved in it, but. It wasn't yeah, like, she wasn't Vivek. Yeah, or Chris Christie. I mean, they, yeah, well, both yeah. of them, they had like a back and forth for a solid minute where they were like raising their voices at each other. But I mean, he's from Jersey, right? So yeah. is that is that just kind of how <laughs> how they talk? Chris, the situation, Christie. Yeah. <laughs> what would um, be his... Uh, what is it? G- gym tan sleep. We know he's not going to the gym. He looks kind tanning, of tanning. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Tanning, maybe. Sleeping, definitely. But what <laughs> replaces the gym? Is it is it parking a bus sideways on the George Washington Bridge? Is can we can we make that more sustain like a wow? That's a deep version cut. of that. 
Oh my gosh, right? I forgot that happened. And then you just oh, like... I, I'm not going to let people forget that that yeah, happened. It just sparked a core memory. I think people were stuck there for 15 hours. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. You know what? At least he didn't fill a bus with uh, uh, illegal immigrants and send them to Martha's Vineyard with no plan to house or uh, provide any uh, basic uh, yeah. resources for yeah. them. Yeah. But, I mean, who would do that? Certainly not one of these candidates. Oh, yeah. Definitely not Ron DeSanctimonious. Oh, God. Who I'm just going to read what I wrote about this because I, I don't think I could remember it. I wrote on yeah. my post, Ron DeSantis sounds like Mikey Day doing a spoof commercial skit for SNL. Like he's yes, intentionally yeah. reading from cue cards poorly. And he answered precisely zero questions. Also, he doesn't know what Percocet is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I, I think that's something I texted you. It uh, is, it is, yeah, when, I stole that from you 100%. I did not give you credit in the post. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. But it's like, like I get what he was saying, because he, what he meant to say was like opiates. Yeah, he meant but, like fentanyl-laced like, drugs, but then he like... Yeah, Percocet. like if it's got something other than, I, I think it's, uh, is it codeine that's in Percocet? I don't know. Uh, or hydrocodone, I don't know. But, like, Percocet is a name brand for a very specific formulation of opiates. If it has other stuff in it, it's not. It's not Percocet. Like, right. you can't add, like, uh, if I were to add fentanyl to a bunch of crushed up, like, ibuprofen, I don't still get to call that ibuprofen. Well, or and, Advil, I guess. And And just, you know, Googling, is Percocet laced with fentanyl? Everything I'm coming up is saying fake pills people are telling you it's percocet but it's well, not yeah. so like either way yeah it's it's also not the doctors and pharmacists that are doing that well they they're not themselves creating these counterfeit pills it is definitely their fault for uh especially historically for making these drugs so widely right. available and pushing us into uh the opiate crisis but um but yeah it, i mean um i don't uh uh there was something else that desantis said that i thought was just insane um let me go back let me go back into our text i think it had to do with like protecting kids or something well, while you're looking for that, I'll tell you what I thought was interesting was one of the few times where I really liked what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say was when uh -huh. Ron finished, when DeSantis finished one of his very clearly pre-rehearsed sound bites that yeah. was not in any way, shape or form an answer to the question he was given. And Vivek gets, it gets to him and goes, well, now that we're all done with our pre-rehearsed sentences or pre-rehearsed statements let me say that i'm the only person not bought up here and desantis you can look at desantis just kind of side eyes him and mike pence goes is that one of yours <laughs> and I was like, like one of one of one your, your pre-rehearsed yeah one of your pre-rehearsed yeah. talking points and i know i don't i'm not a big daily wire guy my wife really likes the daily wire and i know yeah. you're not but ben shapiro <laughs> 
was reacting to the debate and it gets to that point where mike pence says is that one of your pre-rehearsed talking points and ben just goes yes 100 percent, totally is like of course yeah, it, of course it is he's gonna I need you to be like half an octave higher and a little more nasally uh yes 100 percent. nailed it please yes of course <laughs> Did you find it? I You're don't a... have to step up or stand on my tiptoes to look <laughs> taller than my wife in photos. Did you find your Ron DeSantis oh. thing you were looking for? No, I, I, I didn't. But um, that's okay. Uh, I I'm think okay it was not talking about him. If we're being honest, yeah. I don't like him. No, he's he just reminds me. He, he's got um, fr- like trust fund frat boy energy yeah i could see that i think like he yeah it, it just he it, i can't take him seriously um just because he it fe- having having been in a fraternity it feels like he's not running for president he's running for uh you know the chapter house uh vice president of uh recruitment or interesting. You know, philanthropy or something. It's interesting that you say that because that's how I feel about Vivek. I feel like oh, Ramaswamy. Well, he's just insane. I, you know, I thought so. I even wrote on my post, Vivek Ramaswamy is all caps nuts. And since I wrote that, I've kind of re-examined some of the things that he said. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking that back a little bit. I'm not going to say that he's nuts. I still don't support him. I still don't know that I would vote for him. Um, but I do think he's not running for president. Yeah. I yeah. think he's running he's, for he's vice running to president. Be, yeah. Because I mean, he was, yeah. he was pretty complimentary of Trump uh, during oh, yeah. the debate. Everything he said, that whole debate was either a Trump defense and not just mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, you know, things happen. It was like straight up. No, this was the right thing to do, which in some cases, I think that's correct. And I think some in some cases, Trump gets too much flack for some of the things that he did, as do most presidents. But also, like, but wasn't, hiding wasn't documents after... that you shouldn't have had in the first place and stuff like that. Like, mm, totally, like, not defensible in a lot of cases. Yeah, and and uh, being, um, like, I, I think a, a really easy, like, point that everyone on that stage should have been able to you know get is was uh defending ukraine right and i think he was the only one on that stage that didn't like uh i don't know that he like explicitly said that we shouldn't you know be involved in ukraine at all but he was definitely more sympathetic to uh to russia which is right. a, uh, I think, you know, very close uh, to what Trump uh, has been advocating. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty accurate to say. I think, mm, I mean, I, I feel like the Ukraine talking point in particular is a little difficult because with Republican politicians, it's we want to make peace with and have tr- Russia as an ally. But with Republican voters, it's more we should be using that Ukraine money to help our own people in the United States. There's a lot of people here that are struggling. You know, I mean, look at how much money we're sent to Ukraine in a couple the last couple of months. And how much money did we send to the Lahaina fires in Maui? 
right? Yeah. I mean, it was not very much money to Maui. So I can see that argument. I can see that side of it being a, we need to be taking care of our own Americans as well. Like we're paying all these taxes and we're not seeing a whole lot of it. That's a big sentiment among Republicans. Um, yeah. But at but the same can, time, can as a push history back real quick, though, well, uh, let me finish. Cause just, I'm almost done. Okay. Cause the other thing I would say is like, as a history teacher, especially someone who in my master's program focused on world war two and post world war two communist era, like there's, there's a lot to be said for the United States getting involved in Ukraine. Like it would probably have gone a very different route that would not be favorable to anyone but Russia had we not sent a lot of that aid. So I think there's yeah. a, a good reason for us to be involved. I think we should be involved, but I understand the two reasons why people are saying no. I understand why that's a controversial point. Now, what are you going to say? You're going to push back on the, when I was the, talking about the other part. Yeah. So um, I think, well, A, I just don't think that, that it needs to be mutually exclusive that we can either help Ukraine or help U.S. citizens. I think we have more than enough resources to do both. Uh, but we're not for other reasons um, that are a lot more nuanced. I also think, and I'm not, I don't know any of the figures on what resources were needed in uh, Hawaii or, you know, what, uh, how much funding uh, we sent to the, you know, different people who needed it to fight those fires. But I think it makes sense that we would send a lot more money to Ukraine because it's a lot, uh, it's a lot broader problem that we're dealing with that requires more, um, more resources. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was the case that, um, you know, more money wouldn't have necessarily helped fighting the fires in Lahaina. It was, you know, other things. Okay, but like, do you know how uh, much money the government has given Lahaina, has given Maui? How much? It's only like ten and a half million dollars. Okay. Did they need more than that? Have you, are you aware about the cost of okay. living and things in Hawaii? <laughs> no, okay. I, I get what you're saying. But like, if we gave them more than that and I, i'm talking about the the effort to stop the fires i'm not talking about the relief efforts which i think we should be you know now giving more money to and i hope that we will but i'm talking about just uh in order to fight the fires what i'm saying and i have no idea i could you know this could be a total non sequitur but if we gave you know 20 million dollars would that have you know, helped put the fires out faster, you know, would it have helped if we had more helicopters or, you know, what, what have you to put the fire out faster? Also, that's one small island versus a, you know, a whole country that is being invaded by, um, you know, a somewhat yeah. superpower and we're providing them with, you know, uh, equipment that costs $35 million a pop. Well, the reason it costs that much money is, is for a lot of reasons that we don't want to get into right now, but I, I will right. say, um, but I, I don't think that changes the, the point. I, I agree that comparing an ongoing multiple years long now war 
to a mm-hmm. natural disaster is not quite fair. However, all right, according to CNN, Maui experienced $5.52 billion in uh, damages, or at least that's what they're saying is going to cost, estimated cost to rebuild Lahaina. $1.3 billion alone was residential. And they only get $10.5 from the federal government? So far. So far. I don't think think that that's going to, because the, I mean. But but the money they have gotten, that $10.5 million is not to, wasn't to stop it. That's to rebuild. That's from the federal government's here, go rebuild yourself. Now you're right so far, they could give more. And that's, you know, I think it's 10 and a half to $12 million in an initial release. Yeah. I think that was like slush fund money that we could release now. And to get more money, we have to go through the red tape. And so, you know, it's going to take like another couple of weeks for that money to get approved or something. Right. But you got to think of it from these Republicans perspective, because they're saying, well, it seems really easy to go through the red tape when we're sending it to Ukraine, but it takes weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months to get it to a wildfire in one of our own States, a state, which by the way, still is not happy to be American because their government yeah. was overthrown by businessmen yeah. who then sold it to America. What Americans would never do that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I understand that. I mean, you look at Flint, Michigan, right? Flint, Michigan only recently, if not still ongoing, um, recovered. No, we, cause we, uh, we did talk about this on an earlier podcast. I yeah. think it was like last year or something or like six months ago. Ah, uh, yes. 2022. Right. And so you're telling us it took us mid, like five something plus years to get clean drinking water in Flint, Michigan. And yeah. yet we can drop all this cash to send to Ukraine. Well, because we don't have the uh, those issues, I don't think are as as mired with gridlock and just you know blatant obstructionism. I think that Ukraine, at least you know initially, uh, I think most people on both sides of the aisle were in favor of supporting ukraine in some way now how we support ukraine that's i think where the debate uh right got a little more heated but i think it's more complex with you know most issues and it's not that we're unwilling to do something to help it's that we have differing ideas about how to help i agree um and also a lot of times unfortunately uh I think our politicians are more worried about their political opponents not getting credit for help. Um, and so they'll, you know, they'll vote against uh, right. something like, like uh, I think the veterans benefits oh, was, yeah. was one of those um, where it was like, oh. Democrats were like, okay, no, like we're, you know, we want to support the troops, which is typically, you know, a, uh, party Republican platform thing. for Republicans yeah. and because the Democrats wanted it, the Republicans were kind of like, mm, no. Right. And the same happened with a budget proposition in 2018, I want to say with Republicans who just sent a yeah. copy. It, it's just, it's more about trying to keep their jobs as politicians 
than it is yeah. as actually trying to help people with a lot of them. Some of them aren't, you know, I, I feel like some politicians are genuinely there to try and help. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think Senator McCain, John McCain was one cause oh. I mean, he stopped people yeah, from bad mouthing Obama, like in a can on his own campaign trail. Yeah. Um, which I thought was very respectable. I think, um, I would also argue that, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, um, when she was in office as a Democrat, um, mm -hmm. was very much the same way. I think what's the guy who's on TikTok? There's a senator from North Carolina, Democratic senator on TikTok, who like is basically telling oh, you, here's how gosh. you get elected, here's how the actual house works. Or he's a house yeah. representative. Yeah, I know the guy that you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. He seems Jeff Jackson. That's his name. Jeff yeah. Jackson. He seems super sincere and very open about it. So like, I think there's people who really mm -hmm. do want to help, but those are sadly, I think the minority. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's maybe why, um, like if I, God forbid, if I had to pick somebody from that stage, uh, to be president, I would be the least upset with, uh, just based on the performance of the debate, I would be least upset with Chris Christie because I get the sense that even though I vehemently disagree with most of his politics, he at least seems like he's trying to be a genuinely decent guy. See, and I, I, I don't get that from him. <laughs> I'm not saying he's succeeding <laughs> at all. I'm I, saying that I don't think that he is as... Um, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to describe I would say, it, but I would like, say I don't think he's wearing as much of a facade as some of the yeah, other. I guess he seemed the most authentic, right? Like I, I didn't think he was really, you know, trying to yeah. hide another like agenda, other, like Vivek or yeah. I feel like everyone else is trying to hide how much of a jerk they are, and Chris Christie's like, no, you mm. know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. You know, one yeah, thing I, like, I really, yeah. you know, I can respect that to some extent. <laughs> I really like, he points at Vivek at one point and goes, sounds like she's chat GPT over here. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if chat GPT was used heavily in preparation for the, this debate. Oh, dude, it's, I love chat GPT. Right. I don't want to get to it too much. Yeah. I'm still afraid to try it. Oh, like, okay. I've, so I'm, I'm getting bad Skynet. So for uh, those those people who vibes. don't know, I run my own history website called mrstockford.com and I posted three articles to it. And I posted those three to my Facebook and asked all of my historian friends, you know, people who have PhDs to try and tell me which one was written by ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. And out of like the three or five people who read them, only one of them got it. And it was because he knew the sources that were listed in the bibliography and the footnotes and noticed that two of them were combined into a third one that oh, didn't exist. Okay. And that's the only reason he caught it. Yeah. And turns out I actually made all three of them chat GPT relate printed. Oh my God. Okay. That was the plot twist. It's fantastic. Um, in a number of wow. ways, I don't think it's ready to replace human writers but it's no darn close darn close it's do you remember uh uh vian uh cameron and I's, um high school band teacher 
he told me something um, once, and I don't know if there's any, you know, scientific basis for that. There frequently wasn't with his opinions. Um, <laughs> as, but there he told, as, as it is for most of us, I should point out. Yeah. Well, no. Um, anyway, I'd say I'd say he was he was a little more loose with that. Um, but he told me something once that like uh, the human ear can automatically tell um, like without really being without consciously knowing that it's uh, able to recognize this, but the human ear can uh, just automatically tell the difference between a drum machine and a human drummer, even if that drummer is, you know, playing on beat because mm -hmm. there's just little, you know, uh, pieces of humanity that um, are kind of, uh, there's like just, just a minuscule amount of, uh, randomness and it's enough that it makes a difference in how you perceive something. that is true that is true like as a drummer who has done some like minor recording and mm. like my brother who has done wait quite you play the drums what i didn't yeah. know no and then like my brother who's way more into it than i am who's you know recording with symphonies and other solo groups and stuff like that like mm -hmm. it, it is true i mean i'll send him stuff that I think is for me, it's on the fence. Like could be a machine, probably maybe not. And he'll immediately yeah. go machine. Right. And some of that is training, but you know, I mean, think about like eighties music. You can tell when it's a drum machine, when it's not think about techno. Yeah. You know? But anyway, anyway, we should speaking about things that sound, this is a terrible segue. Think about things that sound uh, just a little off to the ear all right i did not like when vivek said and this is i didn't like this because this is something i disagree with all republicans on it seems um climate change straight up dismissed the entire climate change agenda okay stopped short yeah of saying that climate change wasn't real stopped just short of that kind of kind of hinted okay. at it because but... it's gotten to a point where even even the you know craziest climate denier can't deny that it is yeah. happening now they're yeah. just doubling down on well it's natural and it's like it's right. not and this is i think the part that got me to say vivek is nuts is when he said that we should start burning more coal start burning more gas oh god and said that fossil fuels are necessary to progress in america no and I just fossil fuels are unfortunately necessary disagree. for the current functioning of America, but right. it absolutely doesn't need to be that well, way. And by definition, there is a, a finite amount. One day we will yeah. use up all of it and there will be nothing left. And yeah. sure, we keep finding more and we don't know when that day that we run out is going to be. It could be in 10 years. It could be in a thousand years. But either way, we're going to run out. Yeah. And, and if we don't find other other energy sources, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Exactly. And so I would rather err on the side of caution and have these cleaner energy sources ready to go a thousand years from now. Yeah. At a point where it's stable and part of the infrastructure, than not. Yeah. And be Mad Maxing it everywhere we go. Yeah. I no, did like I, that yeah, he said I, I we should focus that. on nuclear energy, though. I did like that. 
Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I know that you and I talked about, um, uh, so for, for those of you who don't know, um, I live, uh, right next to the Oregon state, uh, university campus and they actually have a research reactor. And one of my good friends, um, uh, is a nuclear engineering, um, grad student. Um, and, uh, he works at the, at the nuclear reactor and he actually gave me a tour um and uh you know there's a a lot of publicity about primarily chernobyl and fukushima but both of those had just some really um pretty horrendous uh missteps in their management and their design um and so basically according to all the data that we have uh, on, you know, nuclear energy, when it's run properly, it's extremely clean, extremely right. safe. Um, so I think it's, I think nuclear power is a great idea. But that caveat is if it's run properly, right? Because so right. one of the books that I had to read in grad school is called Plutopia by Kate Brown, not the former governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, someone who has the mm -hmm. same name. Um, but, and my stepdad's former boss. Right. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and she, her whole, her, she argued in her book, her whole argument was that nuclear energy was overblown in its positive aspects. And that there, even though we say if it's done properly, if it's done properly, it rarely is. And I would, I would very much disagree with that. Well, I think what she was pointing at, and I, I would disagree too. Um, but it was still a fascinating book in that she would say you know, like, for example, there's a former now shut down nuclear reactor in eastern Oregon, eastern Washington, close to where I used to live yeah. in Milton Free Water, right over in the Tri-Cities area. Right. And she talked about how their emissions were supposed to be at a certain threshold, but every time they would test it, they'd be higher, significantly yeah. higher. And so they'd have to try and bring those emissions of radioactive things down. And then by the time they would test it again, it would be higher again. So even though they were actively monitoring it, something was still going wrong. And they're all just like. Eh. at least that's what she said i don't know if that's yeah, true I, mean, I think i've heard something like that but what i'm more talking about is like the way that chernobyl was designed it was right. designed kind of unlike any other nuclear reactor where most reactors when they reach that that uh point when like as they approach a meltdown they automatically like they're built so yeah. that you know without any input by the computer or anything they cycle down to like a lower energy state and for some reason chernobyl was designed to actually cycle up so it actually like did the worst thing possible and like just ran uh full speed ahead into yeah. a meltdown fukushima they just completely ignored some very basic maintenance and monitoring uh stuff right and uh just i mean like criminal negligence to the worst degree my big problem with nuclear power though is that it also relies on a finite fuel right there's only so much uranium yeah. plutonium but right? we have we have more than enough to power uh what we would need for the foreseeable future Right. And in that amount of time, we could transition into fusion, which we're just starting to yeah. get some cool breakthroughs on. 
Yeah. But also, I think, yeah, I think that would be a good talking point. I think it's going to be a huge nuclear power is going to be a huge talking point this election. I really I think do. So too. And that's something that I wrote about that I mentioned in my post. I think if you really want to know what you're going to talk about this election cycle, you should become familiar with the pros and cons of nuclear power because it's going to come up a lot as we get more and more into heated climate change solutions. Yeah. Uh, and just, just to add real quick, um, and I know I'm going to get this factoid wrong, but I will Google uh, it as you, as you say it. Yeah. I'll, I'll double check myself. Um, also this may be a good time to remind our listeners that this is uh, an entertainment show. Uh, we are just two idiots, uh, debating. We're not experts. We're not here to inform. Uh, so from time to time, we're going to get stuff wrong and we're by no means trying to, you know, be inaccurate. And we do try to educate ourselves as best as we can, but, Again, it's going to happen. I do want to point um, out that I actively try and have the more part of the idiocy between the two of us. And it's a competition. Oh, you you don't run. let me win. Yeah, you do. You you don't let me. Gosh World darn champ, it, baby. Anyway, what's the factoid that you might get wrong? Uh, so I, th I think it's something like uh, the uh, my my friend who is the nuclear engineer, he told me something like, uh basically uh nuclear power is completely um like all all of the the resources are completely recyclable and over a nuclear reactor's lifetime the amount of non-recyclable material that you'll generate um from from the fuel uh will uh will be about the size of a, a baseball all right, that is correct. So I Googled it as you were typing it. According to the World Nuclear Association on world-nuclear.org, um, most of the material used in fuel can be recycled, approximately 97%. Yeah. The vast majority of which is uranium, uh, could be used as fuel in certain types of reactors. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So it's, really I mean, cool. it's, it's really efficient. Um, it's really not hazardous if you just follow, you know, the basic, uh, operating procedures. Um, but you're right. If we don't do that, then it's, you know, a catastrophe waiting to happen. But yeah, I'm seeing another thing from the Orano group, which I'm not sure who they are. I haven't vetted it or checked it any at all, but they are claiming mm. that one gram of plutonium is equivalent to one ton of oil two and a half tons of wood, one and a half tons of coal. Yeah, I'd believe that. I mean, that's, I mean, it is a very packed, dense resource. Yeah. So, so one thing that I really want to say, I want to make sure we get to this, that I really liked about, I think just about every candidate was mm -hmm. that they were really pushing the no more super old people in office kind of thing were they yeah mike pence straight up said we don't need old people but we also don't need young people we need middle people which, which i disagree being, I with the... we do need young people and also i, I agree i took it more to be more patronizing I, like I agree. yeah you and your you millennials and your you know you're cute but leave it to the <laughs> leave it to the adults i i agree that was uh pretty much how he intended it I think, yeah. but also 
um i think that's his way of saying i'm the perfect candidate because like he was well, yeah, i believe the oldest one on that stage yeah and he's still not so. that old um i think he's in well, his who's, 60s who's the cia guy you mean dea or D yeah dea guy sorry uh let me see what his name was gosh uh is it asa i don't know asa hutchinson no that's the former president of or governor of arkansas no wait yeah that's that guy um he is 72 yeah so asa hutchinson is 72 so he's older than mike pence who's 64 okay. um so i think that's yeah so that would be a jab at hutchinson while being a jab at trump and biden and a yeah. jab at the younger people like vivek um and chris christie and mm. maybe not chris yeah. christie yeah because yeah, he's yeah, chris you're right christie. i think more Haley. i think i think even I, despite his health Actually, how issues old is, how old is chris christie and how old is nikki haley nikki haley's in her 50s chris christie looks younger than he is i think uh he's 60 um I, wow, I would not have guessed that for him. You know, I I definitely don't think that he looks like a uh, a healthy person of any age. Um, but I can see why you what you're saying about he he looks younger. I would have put him mid fifties. Yeah, yeah. Nikki Haley is fifty one. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah, I. they were pushing the not super old people in office thing quite a bit. Like that came up with just about everybody on stage, except for Hutchinson, who fits the bill of old people running for president. Um, yeah. But I really like that because I don't think that Trump is in touch with our generation's needs. I don't think that Biden is in touch Trump, with our generation's needs. I don't think Trump is in touch with... Uh, his bowel movements. <laughs> I was trying to think of a more I eloquent you were way to have, put that. I thought you were going to have like a serious, like, I thought you were just going to say, with oh, anything. I'm as no, serious just... as the grave, my friend. <laughs> that is an straight. actual opinion that I have. And you got on me for fart jokes earlier, and now you're straight up making a poop joke. Not a poop joke. A, uh, a, Rumor that has uh, some amount of credible evidence backing it up. You know what? Who hasn't crapped their pants at one point or another in their life? But not like in the Oval Office during a meeting. I don't know. Uh, the amount of coke regularly. that Jack Kennedy was doing as a president. Uh... <laughs> I'm willing to bet. Well, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a bet either way. But I would not be surprised if Trump has done much more cocaine in his lifetime than uh, the Kennedys combined. Yeah. Speaking of which, we got Robert Kennedy Jr. running for office, and he was he, is... he wasn't in the debate, was he? No, because he's a Democrat. Oh well, he's not, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't want to own that one do you <laughs> he is he we'll is take not. ted we'll take bobby we'll take john but mm, robert jr 
you can have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if one of our main guys running was an anti-vaxxer, I might have been the same way. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think anyone's taking him seriously. Um, sure hope not. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I do think, though, we need some youth because Obama was in his 40s when he was first elected president. Mm -hmm. Bush was in his 50s. Clinton was in his 50s. Bush Sr. was up there. Reagan until Trump and Biden. Reagan was the oldest elected president. And... Yeah. You know, it worked for him, kind of. They were able to hide a lot of his dementia affecting his presidency. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. I feel like I, I like the youth that we're seeing on the stage in the Republican Party. And I like that they're really trying to say, people want younger people in office. We are the younger people. Here's your opportunity. Well, but I think that that's, I think more what that is, is them listening to people who are kind of saying like, you know, I like, obviously I don't, I don't like Trump, but I also don't want to vote for Biden because I just want like, you know, we, I want somebody who's not just an old white man, which right. I agree with, but I also think that comes from people who don't really have an opinion outside of that. Um, and don't yeah. want to like form an opinion outside of that. And then also, it's kind of the only way that they can comfortably set them set themselves apart from Trump because sure. he is the front runner. He's going to get the nomination. Um, I think that's basically just a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, and so they don't want to necessarily, you know, burn too many bridges because there's a possibility of vice presidential appointment or cabinet position or something. Yeah. They're politicking. Yeah, so they don't want to attack him for the things that they should be attacking him, like, you know, the 90, was it 94 indictments? Uh, Something like that. It's up yeah. there. Um, so they don't necessarily want to attack him for the things that they should or for his policies, because I, I really don't think that they differ uh, as much as they would like to say that they do uh, yeah. on policies. And so they're going after, you know, here's how we're, you know, here's how we're different. We're younger. And I think it's, it's a little bit of a red herring. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I remember in 2020 when we had this wide range of Democrats running mm -hmm. and I mean, we had a ton of Democrats. Oh running, yeah. Most of whom it was like 16 or something. Yeah. Most of whom were pretty young. Yeah. And I remember lots of people almost all of my Democrat friends talking so much about how excited they were to not have an old white man in office and then yeah. voted an old white man into office. <laughs> because that was a special circumstance because it's, I mean, oh, I wish that, you know, any time was the right time to, you know, get somebody who, uh, to elect somebody with some diversity. Um, you had Tulsi Gabbard, think, who was Hindu. You had Eric Holder, who was African-American. Right. And but, Cory Booker. But none of them had the name recognition that Biden did that was necessary for him to beat Trump. Hillary Clinton we, and John Kerry we, both did. But old white people. Well, 
Yeah, but I mean, Hillary Clinton and John Kerry didn't run in 2020. I'm seeing, I'm uh, looking at Politico's old articles, and they put they they put Hillary in it. Now, granted, granted, it's it could just be that she was thinking about it. I don't. I don't think she was. I think after 2016, she. Yeah, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna find a better article. Um, but I think. I think unfortunately, uh, in 2020, we had to go with Biden because he was the only person that stood a chance to to beat Trump, not because of his policies or any other reason besides. He's who people knew. I could see that. I could see that. But I mean, look at the the second runner was Bernie Sanders. Right. And then after yeah. that, you have Elizabeth Warren. And then after that, you have Michael Bloomberg. It's not until fifth place do you get someone who is relatively young or whatever with Pete Buttigieg yeah. in that election. Yeah, because we all know about Bernie Sanders. We all, I mean, most of us know about Elizabeth Warren and, you know, Bloomberg, uh, very, you know, high profile uh, politician and businessman for, you know, many years. Well, I think this speaks to another point that running for president is going to accomplish one of two things. One, get you elected president or two further your political career that you know you're not going to win, right? Buttigieg mm-hmm. knew he was not going to win president. Well, Howard Dean would like to have a word with you about that. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, the Howard Dean yell. I have he was no like, idea what you're talking about. Oh, it was, um, I want to say it was the 2008 election. He was actually, uh, I, I want to say, um, like kind of a front runner in the primaries. And then he just like during a rally, uh, is you know trying to pump up the crowd and then just lets out this absolutely unhinged. Oh my uh, gosh, I've seen scream. that video. I'm pulling and it up. After that, people were like, "Uh, oh, maybe, maybe not this guy," simply because he just got a little too excited. I'm pulling it and up. Then, and then virtually, uh, you know, disappeared <sighs> after that. All right, I'm gonna live react yeah, to it go, right now. You're, go, you're go not gonna hear because it. it's in my headphones. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! Oh no. It's like, okay, man. Jeez. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair. No, but I think that, I, I do think that you look at some of these people up here, right? How many people knew who Tim Scott was before this election? Right? The I people didn't. who voted for him in South Carolina. I mean, did you know who uh, Burgum was? I still don't think I, don't, I know. I don't even know who you're talking about. Right. He. What? Okay. That's because one of the things that I wrote in this post was that I didn't think anybody could be more bland than Mike Pence, but Doug Burgum proved me wrong. Wait. So he wasn't the DEA guy? Because I thought no. I thought the only person that we hadn't brought up that was on that stage was uh, was Tim Scott. No, nope, Doug Burgum. He's like Doug Burgum. Did you watch Arrested Development? Uh, I've, I've seen a little bit, like I've seen maybe half a season worth, okay. uh, so not one necessarily of the... like from a single season, but. Okay. So one of the recurring characters is, um, Michael Sarah's character, uh, George Michael, 
gets a girlfriend who is the most bland looking person and her name is Anne. and everyone accidentally calls her bland but more importantly everybody constantly forgets that she exists yeah and it's not just like oh that's right you have a girlfriend like she's sitting next to them in the car and they're like yeah i think you could just i I think you should start dating man i have a girlfriend she's right here huh kind of stuff yeah i think i think that's what it is like angela sneaking up on dwight uh, when they go to (laughs) david masters yes yes a hundred percent and i think that's what it is with doug burgum right because you totally forgot he existed he didn't have a whole lot of talking time i'm i'm gonna be honest with you i am looking at his picture on wikipedia right now (laughs) i have absolutely no (laughs) recollection of ever seeing him once in that debate yep governor of north dakota (laughs) Okay. I mean, if you're going to come. Okay. Okay. It is gorgeous there. Have you ever been to North Dakota? I have not. Exactly. Exactly. I've also uh, never been to Ohio, and I'm not convinced that that is real. It's also fake. Yeah. Everything is just Southern Canada at this point. It's, well, yeah, it's just, uh, it's Western Pennsylvania. They don't want to tell you. I, I don't even know if Ohio and Pennsylvania border each other. Uh, I think they do. I'm a geography teacher, partially. You think I should know this. I I quiz my students on the map all the time. Oh my gosh. This is sad. Yeah, but it's them that has to learn. It's not you. Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah, they do. They do. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, no, so... Yeah, Doug Burgum. So bland. And this is... That's after I said that Mike Pence is made of wood and or white bread. Hmm. Like, I think yeah. he made a couple good points, but he looks like a well, Lego man. <laughs> but also children's tears. You gotta, you gotta have a little something to, you know, give oh him gosh. that, like, uh, you know, organic kind of sponginess that, <laughs> you know, like skin and organs have. You gotta have something with a little moisture. Oh my goodness. So we could keep going on this, but I think it would be important to touch on Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson. And you know way we more can, about that than I did. Or Yeah, we, we should. But can, can we please just acknowledge the absolutely insane thing that Tim Scott said in his closing <laughs> remarks? Oh, please, go ahead. He said something like, like I, I don't remember what the majority of it was, but he ended on with the line, and I believe that if you're a man, you play sports against men. Right. Which was like, where did that come from? Well, they all made some kind of statement throughout the night. And he was the only one who didn't get a chance to talk about whether or not you know, men should play thing? against trans men or trans women kind of a thing. But right. yeah, just to like say it that loudly and then pause. If you're a man, you play sports. And he, he said it with a tone that was like, this is the end of the sentence. Too. Yeah, like, this is this is something we all can get behind. And then I'm going to tell, like, say the thing that's, you know, the nuanced part of my opinion. But it's right. like, um, sir, I've I've been a man for 30 years. I have no desire to play sports. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was that Mike Pence mentioned his spirituality mentioned his religious side a couple of times when relevant things came up right when abortion came up things like that but once he did that 
anytime Tim Scott spoke, he quoted a Bible verse. He didn't do it before oh, wow. Mike Pence did that, but then he started like, well, you know, it's like when they say in Ecclesiastes and then Wait, like the Tim Scott was doing that. Tim Scott, like everything yeah. he answered after Mike Pence dropped, you know, my faith in Heavenly Father. Tim Scott's like this Bible verse, this Bible verse. It's, it's like he, verse. it's like he was listening to Pence and he was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? I just have the sports thing that's gonna kill. Or maybe it was like this Southern Baptist can show that Midwesterner how it's done. I don't yeah. even know if he's Baptist. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I, th I thought it was just a very strange option. Like, <laughs> you I, I understand what he was saying. Like, and I think it would have been a horrendous thing to say any form of that, like, uh, statement that he was trying to make. He could have done it in a way that wasn't just so absolutely unhinged. <laughs> yeah, he could have calmed down. Yeah. He could have just and, been, and you also, know, and like, I believe that if you're a man, you play sports against other men. But it was, I believe if you're a man, you play sports against, against other men. men. <laughs> but, like, the other thing is, is they were not talking about, like, the, the issue of uh, trans people playing in sports. Like, right. th that they were talking about question. that. But correct me if I'm wrong. That was like fairly early in the debate, right? So um, I I could be wrong. My recollection is that the closest thing they got was they were responding to that song, Richmond, North of Richmond. Oh, which yeah, yeah, yeah. The singer came out and said, please don't. I don't like Republicans yeah. either. No, he's <laughs> he's talking about the people on that stage. I think that's actually what he said. Well, he said he was talking about Republicans and Democrats. He said he, well, he doesn't yeah. care who it is. He's not a supporter of either party. But anyway, they were talking about that, and it came up a couple of times, and it just sort of became one person mentioned it, and then it sort of became a thing where throughout the night, each person would drop a comment in there like, and I think that men should be in men's bathrooms or things like that. Yeah. Right. There, so, there was a lot of coded language where they were talking about, you know, traditional family values or protecting right. kids. And really what it, what they were saying was they're going to limit the rights of the LGBTQ. Oh, it wasn't even coded community. language. Like they, they straight up said, I think, you know, these people, I think, you know, men should play sports against men. I think women should only be allowed in women's locker rooms. Like they yeah. were very clear about those things, which I mean, we could have a whole debate on or a whole a whole podcast on another time. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I would surprise you with that one. I'm not, I'm not sure that you would. I think, I think I know. Um, okay. Well, I know you, what do you, what do you, you think? and I, have, I think that you uh, are not going to let whatever your personal opinion uh, whatever your personal opinion is, I don't think that that's going to influence your political opinion. And so I think that you're um, just going to kind of say, like, I don't think it's, you know, it's that big of an issue. I think if, uh, like, there are other things that we could deal with to protect kids yeah. that, you know, we don't need to be focusing on this. So for me, the long and the short of it is I don't care what you identify as. Cause I feel like it's your life and it's your yeah. brain. It's your body. You can do whatever you want to it with it to, you know, um, but it gets to a point where my limit is when you bring other people into it and you bring other people mm. into the equation. And so for me, it's, yeah, I don't care. you be a wolf. If you want to be a wolf, it's not going to hurt me 
in any way, shape, or form. I will. Well, until the full moon comes out. Right, until the full moon comes out, and then we both get to be wolves. Um, yeah. But <laughs> but once you start bringing in other people into it, and whether it's, even if it's not something that's harmful, I don't think you should ever force your opinions, your beliefs, your way of life onto somebody else. And so mm-hmm. that's where I start to draw that line. And that goes so, both ways. I don't think that re- religious people should be shoving their values onto non-religious people and entities either. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll need to talk about um, about this later because this has potential to go to just take over the, the rest of the episode. Right. Um, Let's talk about that Tucker Carlson interview. I want to hear about yes. it. Because so, God knows I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did watch it. It's, um, I mean, it, basically, it's not like anything was said that that uh, you know would surprise anyone. Uh, both of them, um, I think, uh, what I what I said to Cameron before uh, we started recording was it was kind of hard to understand them with both of their noses so far up each other's asses. Because uh, <laughs> it's very very funny. And I totally forgot that's where you're going with that too. Like that's the exact same reaction I had the first time you said it. Cause it was like, that's not where I thought you were going. And then it got me yeah. again. You got me twice. No, but wow. it just, it, it gave me like, uh, it, it gave me the, the vibe of like the mean sixth graders in the cafeteria, like making fun of everyone else. Um, oh man. But uh, I mean, of course, Trump, uh, you know, kept saying that the election was stolen, uh, kept, you know, talking about how, um, uh, like how corrupt, uh, the Senate is and, and just anyone who's ever opposed him. Um, and Tucker Carlson was, you know, just eating it up and, and, uh, I think the only thing where they differed was that um, uh, Tucker Carl- Carlson asked Trump whether he thought that Epstein killed himself. And <laughs> of course, of course, Trump is going to say no. I have to watch just that clip. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, because Tucker Carlson. Not. No, Tucker Carlson is, is like, absolutely <laughs> killed himself. Are you kidding me? And Trump's like, well, you know, I, I think it's possible, but I don't know. And it's like, yeah, because you're the one that set it up. <laughs> I don't actually know. must have been true. on the list if that's the case. Jeez. Oh, oh Trump was absolutely heavens. on the list. But I, I also them. don't know if, if, uh, <sighs> if, I don't know. I, I think that we're never going to find out what actually happened. Um, I think we should, you know, be uh, trying to stop pedophiles, uh, you know, no matter who they are. And we can certainly do a better job as a country, you know, doing that, whether it's within religion, whether it's within uh, Oregon professional sporting teams um, or, you know, uh, multi-millionaire or multi-billionaire playboys um uh, Bringing that's in, my uh... that's my real my real hot take i'm i'm very anti 
pedophilia. I feel um, like we all should be. And, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Yeah, no, don't. I would feel more <laughs> awkward if you did. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, anyway, so yeah, th- yeah. there were no hot surprises. Pedophilia is bad. That's not a hot take, man. That is just a <laughs> logical take. That is a yeah. normal thing to think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but like I said, n- there were no surprises. Um, I do have some quick sound bites that I want to read to you. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. I, I tried not to go too crazy, so I limited it to just kind of my two favorite, my two favorites. Um, uh, the first one is is from Tucker Carlson uh, when he was about to, uh, when he was bringing up Epstein. He said, I'm not a conspiracy person at all, which, oh, first of all, oh, at oh, all, oh, at oh, all, oh, at So he, but it gets better because he said, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I believe everything I hear. Oh, Which that's like, a, I, I had that's to rewind a, it. Mm. <laughs> Which is like, that's... No, he did not. Like, I'm... Uh, I, I'm the last person to give Tucker Carlson any credit for uh, whatever intelligence he may have. Even... Like, this surprised even me. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was, that gave me a good laugh. Um, and then the other oh thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, the thing that Trump said was he was, um, first of all, he was very uh, into playing up Biden to be, you know, just absolutely a feeble old man. Sure. Um, he, you know, he was saying like, you look at him walk, like he can't even walk across the lawn, which is, you know, just two inches of grass. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Who cares? Uh, Jay, like, oh my gosh. FDR was in like, a wheelchair for part of it, like almost half of his presidency. Yeah. Also, um, like Maybe he's got a little bit of arthritis, but he's it's not like he's, you know, crawling on his hands and knees. Right, and Trump how looks Trump... like he can walk all the time everywhere he goes too, right? The he man like waddles. waddles. <laughs> he just waddles. Um and and once again, Biden's not shitting himself while he's doing it. So That we know um, of. He could well, have yeah. some awesome depends down there. Uh, and we would know, not know. Nor is it, I should point out, our business. I don't I don't want an answer. But don't you really want to know? No, I don't. I don't want to know either Come way on. because because here's the thing. Either I'm going to think my president should be wearing Depends and find out he's not, and that's terrifying, or or find out my president is wearing Depends, and that makes me not want him to be president. So either either way, I just want this to fall into the, the abyss that is uh, the many things that I never want to know. Uh, in my Cameron, life. let me let me paint a scenario for you. Please, God, no. <laughs> You're president, all right? Oh no. You're in the motorcade. Uh-huh. And you've just gotten word that there are 15 ICBMs. ICBMs. Uh uh-huh. I see what, what you're doing there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny because it stands for inter- intercontinental ballistic missile, but also for bowel movement. Yeah, so if a um, joke is funny, you don't have to explain it. I just want to say. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh Sorry, keep for some going. reason this makes it way funnier for me. Well, uh anyway. 
you've just got word that uh, uh, North Korea has just launched nuclear attacks on our, our you know, 15 biggest mm-hmm. cities. And you have to send, um, you have to open up the, you know, the nuclear football and you have to send the, uh, the launch sites, the launch codes and everything. Right. But you don't have your depends. So before you can do that, you have to find a Starbucks, get in line, order like just a black coffee so that they'll give you the code to the the bathroom and then you can send the nuclear codes and by that time cleveland's gone so wouldn't you rather know that our president is swaddled in the soft absorbent um just stop okay (laughs) please dear god No, God's no, not, finish it. God's not listening to this conversation, oh, buddy. Oh, no. He has checked out. Uh, anyway. I wish I could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so oh, Trump okay. Trump was very much like, uh, you know, just trash talking Biden. And that's really all either one of them did was just I like. that's what it would be. It was trash talk Biden and trash talk the. Well, it wasn't even just Biden. It was like everybody. It was it was like they were you know, middle school children just being petty. Uh, um, so what Trump said uh, at one point was, uh, he was like, you know, Biden was at the beach last week and he was not looking good. Also, the beach isn't a good look. You should be working. And I'm like, how much time did you spend golfing, my guy? Yeah. Or, or at Mar-a-Lago, which uh, I heard that Trump apparently sold right before the uh, Tucker Carlson uh, interview, but I haven't oh, actually boy. looked that up. So let's see if that's true. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I understand. Like I get why a lot of Republicans like him as far as his stances on certain things go. He's good. Uh, as far as Republican views go, he's good on taxes. He's good on like small businesses. He's good on like a number of things that Republicans Trump? want. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, from the Republican viewpoint, you could argue oh, okay. he's not good on taxes, but as far as what Republicans want out of a candidate, he's he covers the bases. Mm, but he's okay. He's I just can see where you're, where you're policy wise. Yeah, but he just is not a good person. He's just, I mean, he just has so many deficits, you know, morally, intellectually. Um, incontinentally is that (laughs) so let me ask you a question would you rather since this is an election Mm -hmm. podcast would you rather vote for somebody you disagree with who you know is a good person or someone you agree with who you know is a terrible person am i Am I in any way able to um, guarantee that uh, the person who I think is a terrible person, like, will continue to make policy decisions that I agree with? Um, like, like, am I am I allowed to separate 
their personality from their political choices or is there is there some expectation that their personal you know habits or moral failings will eventually influence their policy decisions that's a good question i would say whatever you think is true about trump because for example um, i hate trump as a person i can see a number of his policies right i do not like biden very much as a politician i think he's got a number of policies that i could stand behind i think obama mm -hmm. not a whole lot i agree with him on i think he's a good person most of the time you know i mm -hmm. i i look at people like Barack Obama, George W. Bush, um, even Bill Clinton. And I think those are three presidents in a row who I could say at the time, at least, I don't know about today, but at the time, at least I could say were good people who were probably trying to do the best that mm -hmm. they had and, you know, agree with them or not. I felt like they probably, like they had that good person going for them. I don't, yeah. I don't get that about uh, Trump. I get, I get it less so about Biden. And so I would say if you're willing to separate the personality and the politics from Trump, then I would say, yes, you can do that for yourself. If not, well, so, then no. So here's, here's how I'll answer. I think I would, I would rather, I honestly, I really don't care about somebody's um, personality um if they're going to make good choices mm -hmm. um you know that's why like if bush ran or somebody like bush ran again who you know seems like a very nice guy that's not gonna that's not gonna weigh at all on my um my decision to vote um but there is a limit sure and trump is so far across that line that even if he like handed me a legal notepad and said here andrew you tell me every decision that i should make in the next four years if god forbid he was elected i still would not vote for him yeah i feel like for me i would rather vote for someone who i disagree with but i think is a good person trying their best personally because mm -hmm. For me, like, ideally, I would find someone, I think we can all say this, we would all find someone who we could vote for who is a good person and agrees with our views. But that's yeah. not always the case. And I feel like, I mean, bringing my own personal religious beliefs into it, something that we are counseled to look for in um, our politics as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because we're never told, mm. vote Republican, we're never told, vote Democrat, we're always told, look at the individual candidates, become well-versed in the issues, make up your own decision, make up your own mind based on what you think is the best thing and try and vote for people who are the best equipped, the best qualified and the best moral stances for, you know, the position they're going for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from that, I tend to take away vote for good people because a good person who you don't like is more likely to be a good leader than a bad person who you do like. Yeah, I, I would agree. And that's, that's why I'm saying like, if I could guarantee that, you know, the, the bad person would continue to make uh, choices that I agreed with, then it might be different. 
uh, or no, I guess it wouldn't really be different. Um, but I think, I think if in general, I, I agree that in general, I think the people whose positions I agree with, I think are more or less fundamentally good people. Sure. Um, I, you know, there may be a few rare cases where that's not the case, but if I can, if I am able to trust that they're going to be making good choices, I don't care, uh, to, to an extent, I don't care, you know, if they cheated on their wife or, you know, if they, um, kick puppies or, uh, I don't know, call uh, mayonnaise with uh, garlic in it aioli. Oh my gosh. That's like Um, a three-week-old joke, man. Three-episode-old joke. Oh, no, this is constant. This is a constant (laughs) Constant uh, endeavor in my life (laughs) to just get people to uh, acknowledge mayonnaise for what it is. Um. But yeah, like it, it, it really doesn't matter to me as long as I can trust that they're going to continue making good choices. But I think, you know, the way that actually works in reality is people's moral centers, um, sure. you know, influence kind of policy decisions that they're going to make. And so, right. Typically, if I don't agree with someone's politics, I'm also not going to agree, uh, you know, with the majority of their morals. But like I said, even if Trump was like, having me personally dictate his policy decisions i still would not vote for him to be president sure. because he is so just yeah. absolutely abhorrent right and i would say i mean like for me i think it's a lot of what's in it for them right if they're the yeah. kind of person who is wanting to be president or senator or whatnot because they like the office they like the authority they like the position which mm-hmm. there's a great quote by someone i can never remember who it's by but it's it boils down to essentially that the people who seek power are not the ones who should have it right yeah and yeah. but but i also think there's no no such thing as being you know truly altruistic i think we got close a few times you know, I think yeah, close. Um, but I'm talking about 100% purely altruism. Sure, everyone sure. is going to be influenced by you know how it benefits them personally, and, and it's a spectrum. But, but it's I never would say, completely are they driven you know, off the table. Yeah, but for me, is it someone who's driven sure. by that selfishness, that sure. selfish desire for power and control? Because if it is, like that's not the person I want, and that's honestly that's the kind of vibe that I get from Trump. That's the kind of vibe I get from DeSantis. That's the kind of vibe I get yeah. from a lot of Democrats in control. Nancy Pelosi, for sure, I get that vibe from her. Like, she just is yeah. more wanting to be in control for the sake of being in control. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say that's exactly I, what I, it is. <laughs> okay. But that's just, like, the, the the sense I get from her and from other politicians, like, when I see that. But when I look at people like Nikki Haley, I look at people like uh, Condoleezza Rice, or I'll look at um, Tulsi Gabbard. I think, I think Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Think, you know, what, I would whether totally or not say, you agree with his politics, I think not it's in it hard to die. Yeah, he's he's really actually trying to do the right thing. 
Right. I think he's going about it the wrong way, but I can respect that he's genuinely trying to help people. Yeah. And I think Mitt Romney was another person who was in that spectrum. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I can see that. Yeah, but I don't see that with a lot of current politicians, and that's something that yeah, scares I don't think me, I do honestly. I do think it's going to be interesting, um, and we, we should probably wrap it up because I think we're going we on uh, like an hour and a half. But I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, what the – oh, wait. I mean there isn't going to be a Democratic field. No, they the Democratic Party shut down – uh, primary elections yeah. and announced Biden. That's that is one thing I really don't like about the Democratic Party is how they run their primaries. Because even if yeah. you get every state voting for you in the primaries, it all comes down to the actual convention and how the delegates vote, which yeah is ridiculous to me. Voting in a Democratic primary is pointless. The way the system is set say, up, I wouldn't say that, but I do think that it's it is very far removed from. Um, you know, a true democracy. And I, I think that there's, yeah. you know, there's pros and cons to a, a true democracy. I think one of the cons is the risk of, of devolving into just mob rule. Um, but I, I also don't think that that's really a danger with, um, you know, like in this case, I don't right. think if we had a purely democratic election but that's where, why you have you know, a representative democracy and that's not i mean that's not how the republican primaries do it i agree so a lot right. of times that can devolve into mob rule but the way the democratic national committee does it turns more into an oligarchy among uh, yeah, the democratic uh, yeah. party no i agree and and i think like we said in our very first episode i think the choice to not have even debates really robs the constituency Oh, yeah. of an opportunity to um, to respond to what the party platform is. I 100% agree. And I think it's really sad because there are a number of Democrats that I would happily vote for mm -hmm. against Trump. You know, there's a number of them. And I, I it's sad that we're not going to get to that. We're going to be probably stuck with the same choice we had last time, which is not a choice that I enjoyed having. The either Trump or Biden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's not my, uh, it's not my first choice. Um, but you know, that's, uh, if that is the choice, I'm more than happy to choose Biden. Oh, brother. It's not my first, third, second, third, fourth, or 10th choice. I would, there's so many yeah. people I would rather vote for over, over either of them. And if it comes down to it, I will probably just vote libertarian again. Well, that's uh, basically throwing your vote away, but... Is it? I mean, uh, just like yeah. throwing your vote away in a Democratic primary? Uh, I didn't I didn't throw my vote away. <laughs> I'm just saying, at least my vote actually counts for something when I vote for a Libertarian in a general election. Sure, I'm not going to win, but at least it still gets counted as a vote towards a person. <laughs> than any vote in any oh, Democratic I see, I see primary. What you're saying. I see what you're saying. I thought you were making a reference to Hillary versus oh, Bernie. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah. Well, hey, on that note, do you want to give us our closing credits? Uh, yes, thank you to uh, Halcyon Club for letting us use their song uh, This Life is Tough But Fair from their EP Headset Emotions. Um, and uh, you're probably already listening to this on uh, Spotify or something. Uh, but you can also find the um, 
the YouTube uh, recording. Uh, just search for agreeable disagreements. And also, um, uh, I just want to thank everyone um, who's been listening so far. We've gotten a lot of really great feedback and um, we really, really appreciate that. Um, Do you really quick want to shout out some of the specific people that we know have been listening? Oh, sure. Um, I, I mean, my, uh, my boss, Lisa, um, my friend, Sarah, uh, various people from my church, um, my cousin, uh, Alex, um, oh, let's see, uh, um, Mark, um, your list is significantly uh, longer than mine. Your list is significantly longer than mine. (laughs) Is it? So I know like, and I want to say thank you to the three people I know for sure have listened to it, which is my cousin Harrison and my mission companion and good friend, Brian, who both Mm -hmm. like live text me as they're listening to it and tell me, Oh, but there's this. Oh, but what about that? And I think, I mean, honestly, I think that's pretty cool. That's an experience I did not expect to have. Um, And then also, like a kid who's my sister's age, who I, I grew up, like his dad was my young men's leader, Drew, who yeah. I just found out through my mom listens to it. And I don't know if my mom listens or not. I know she's listened to one or two episodes, but, and I, I, I just, honestly, I don't know who else I know. I, I've looked at the stats and I know that there's a good chunk of people that I know who listen to it. <laughs> yeah i don't know who they are so thank you no, i mean yeah, really like it's been it's been uh uh i i think um obviously i think a lot of our listeners are, are people that you know know us personally yeah but i've been really pleasantly surprised with the people who have you know come up to me and and complimented the podcast who are not people that i expected to hear from like um i was uh there were a couple people um we just had my my grandfather's funeral a couple weeks ago and there were people in attendance um who go to my church who like had listened to it on their way to the memorial service interesting um so um uh but yeah uh so i just wanted to say thank you uh, thank you for to everyone for your support um and also ask that if you do like the show please um you know do all the things uh like subscribe share right because podcasts um, aren't subject to an algorithm that gets pushed in your face on social media unless we start social media campaigns which right now i don't think either one of us have time to do yeah i think that's fair so the only exposure uh, we get is through listener sharing yeah exactly um so uh with that being said uh do you have a fun fact for us i do uh the pyramids of giza were just as old to the ancient romans as the ancient romans are old to us but still not as old as your mind (laughs) hi-oh got it